Welcome back to ADHD Positive. I uh, hope you guys are all having a great evening, great afternoon. And we are going to pick up where we left off last time, talking about the procrastination types and specifically the strategies associated with those procrastination types. So last week we left off with the dreamer and the warrior. And we will be now talking about the defier procrastinator, the crisis maker procrastinator, and the overdoer procrastinator. And I will go ahead and jump in real quick. So for those of you who don't or haven't heard of the um, just the, the simple characteristics behind uh, the defier procrastinator, crisis procrastinator, and the overdoer procrastinator, I will go ahead and touch base on those again. So some of the characteristics associated with the defier procrastinator is procrastination as a way of challenging authority. Okay, uh, These are the people who tend to avoid expressing negative feelings. Um, instead, they convey these feelings through procrastination instead of just dealing with the, um, the negative feelings in general. Um, these are also people who tend to see life in terms of what others expect of them or require them to do. Um, and not what they have in mind for themselves per se. Okay. Now the crisis procrastinators, these ones are crisis maker. They tend to um, ignore the task at first, um, then feel intense intensity um, and an overwhelming desire to get caught up uh, in it. Um, when when specifically when faced with an undesirable task, this could be something like uh, firing somebody. Um, or um, doing something that is going to make somebody else feel uh, a, a negative feeling. All right? um, these people tend to dramatize uh, the situations and they will often put themselves at the center of the situation. So kind of like making it about themselves in a way. All right? um, let's see, let's, some other things here is they, they tend to need to prove themselves by living on the edge. So um, making a crisis out of things that aren't really a crisis, but they need them to be a crisis because it makes them feel good about what they're doing. All right. And some characteristics of the overdoer procrastinator is the overdoer procrastinator tends to assume so many different responsibilities and roles that they easily get distracted from specific tasks and confused, excuse me, and confused about priorities. So these are probably going to be people who would benefit really well from smart goals, and um, probably uh, task tracking um, in order to get like specific tasks done. Um, these are probably also people who are going to benefit from chunking and the two-minute rule, like I discussed for the other strategies and the other ones. All right. The overdue procrastinators tend to suffer from low self-esteem, which compels them to take on more work than they can handle. So these are people who may not feel like they're good enough or they haven't met the standard or, or whatever. So maybe you see some of these characteristics kind of blending into the perfectionist procrastinator and things like that. And that is going to be something that we'll see sometimes is some of the characteristics from some of these procrastination types, they will blend in with other types of procrastination types um, because that is just naturally what, 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 what we do, okay? 
Now, let's go ahead and dive into some of the strategies for um, the Defier. And mind you, I've done a lot of research and I've checked about a lot of different uh, sources and things and I'm kind of just picking out the ones that stick out the most and I've, I've seen the most um, in terms of repetition and kind of just in that median range of things um, to apply uh, to this kind of procrastination. Um, so one strategy for the defier is to try to work with a team, not against it. A lot of times um, the defier procrastinator has an issue with authority. It, it is, it is going to be a, it's going to create positive change if you can take small baby steps and learning how to not only work with teams, but teams that you also have a disagreement with some of the members on. It's always going to be easy for us to work with a team if that team is all our friends and family. But when it's a team that other people have differing opinions and, you know, objectives, those are the kind of environments that will work best for us. And it's very important to stay open-minded when working with some of these strategies because some of these strategies may work for you, some may not. Like I said, these are some of the ones that I've seen the most, and so you will have to pick and choose which ones work for you. Or, if you have more that work for you that aren't listed here, then those are the ones that work for you. Alright, so let's talk about another strategy here is to strive to act rather than react. Um, this is a very important one because it, talks, it deals a lot with your emotional intelligence and the strive to act rather than react essentially puts you in charge of the actions that you're going to take. So instead of feeling like, oh, I'm not doing enough or, or so-and-so said something, um, maybe sometimes it's beneficial to act before reacting and act in a way that you find helpful for you as well as others. Uh, because if we're left to um, just sit and think about the stuff that someone else has said to us, and we, we react based on what they said to us. We're not always re we're not always acting in our best interest, but rather on the gut feeling or feelings of s that somebody else said something to us. All right. Yeah, have to excuse me. My nose is a little stuffy today. Uh, I've been sick for a couple of days, so um, kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, another strategy for the defier is to. Learn to view what someone else wants or expects as a request, not as an expectation. Um, this is like very common. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll take, and I've, I've been there in job situations at school, I will take something that somebody said as um, this is what needs to be done and not this is something that could be done. And it could be the language that that person is using, but... It also can be the fact that um, we are taking that to mean that, well, this is an expectation. And this will particularly apply to many of us who have been raised uh, in, family where, in families where things were uh, an expectation and you were, you were to be uh, you know, seen and not heard kind of mentality. Um, I know a lot of individuals who come from that background and that upbringing and this expectation rule and them viewing, you know, what somebody else wants uh, as an expectation rather than a request is very, very popular. 
So don't think of what someone asks you to do or tells you to do or um, in every circumstance as a demand, but rather a request. So just re reface that and or re-image that and understand that it's a request and not always a demand. Now, clearly, there are going to be situations where it is a demand. So like at work, if your boss is telling you to do something that has a timeline or a deadline, that's a demand. When your partner says, hey, um, you, you know, you want to go eat later, you want to go, want to go out to a restaurant later, uh, sometimes that may be a request as opposed to a demand. And you'll just have to kind of figure out whether it's in a question form or a statement form. And a lot of people, you know, don't really put those emphasis on whether it's a question or a statement. And so sometimes this will require further communication to figure out what that person is wanting from you. All right. All right, so let's talk about the crisis uh, maker procrastinator and some strategies that um, we can use with that one, Zucker. Water is very important for everything throughout the day. Always drink your water, kids. All right, so the crisis maker procrastinator. Let's talk about some strategies for crisis, procrast crisis makers. Um, identify... Other self-motivators besides stress. So there have been semesters in school where stress has motivated me to turn a paper in. Stress that I wasn't going to get that A or that B or stress that, you know, I didn't turn it in that week. So now it's a 10% deduction. So now I'm extremely worried that this is going to hurt my performance and my GPA. So now stress is motivating me to get something done. Identify other self-motivators besides stress. One very popular thing that I have that helps me motivate myself is I have all of my ADHD drawings up here on the, um, the wall behind my desk. I also have um, a, a good quote from MLK with a picture of him on the wall behind my computer and some cool notes uh, from my wife on my pinup board behind my computer as well as the first check that I wrote myself for my landscape design practice. And so those are other motivators that I use outside of stress. Um, again, I, I talked in other episodes before about the sticky note uh, method and how that really helps with motivators and just daily reminders of what you know what needs to get done and what else is out there that we're working for and not just the stress. All right? Strive towards changing your thinking style from extremist in general to moderate and specific. So extremist in general, um, I think that pretty much makes sense for everybody and to you know, moderate and specific. So take the edge off of it a little bit and apply that more to a specific thing. This is one area where I would say SMART goals is a very um, important thing to you. Sorry, my cat just made some noise over here. You can probably see her over there on her little bed over there. Anyhow, um, make sure that you, you know, make that a moderate and a very specific thing. So when it comes to tasks, um, again, chunking, breaking down the task into smaller tasks to get the objectives done. All right. Let's see here. When discussing a task or responsibility, focus on the positives or active rather than negatives or reactives. This is something that I've had a, a large issue with 
and um, classes and studying and specifically my discussion boards at school. You know, sometimes I would just focus purely on the negatives. Like, what, what are the negative comments I'm going to get back from people as opposed to the positives that I'm learning and that I'm getting from just sharing my opinion with other students? A lot of times, you know, we're not going to hear other students tell us about the positives they got from our discussion post. More than likely, we're going to hear the negatives. And even if we hear the positives and see and read the positives with the negatives, our brains will pick out the negatives and read those to find out how we can do better. This is what crisis makers do, okay? They make a crisis out of a lot of things and then try to turn them to make them work for themselves by doing more work and by expending more energy and adding more stress to themselves. Understand that you may not feel interested in something until after you get involved in it. This is a great one. Um, I will give you a, just a brief example of something that I was procrastinating on doing and um, once I jumped into it, I kind of I realized that I really enjoyed it and I liked it and I wanted to keep doing it. And this was the Juneteenth committee that we had here in our small town and the first round went really bad because a lot of individuals, they didn't really want to do it for the African American community, but rather make other people in the community feel comfortable about Juneteenth. And so I told myself, I'm going to go ahead and get out of this. I was approached recently by one of the members of the Juneteenth committee who I was working with who said, hey, we got rid of the old team and the old mentality and ways of thinking, and now we want to try something new. And so I hesitated, I hesitated. I started to turn this situation into, well, of course it's going to be this, you know, this shit show again. Of course it's going to be bad. Of course, you know, we're going to have the same exact problem, the same exact issues. We're not going to really get anywhere on anything. And then I realized, well, I'm not even really giving it a chance. So I'm, I'm making this situation into a crisis or a negative before I even see what happens. So I went. I found out that the, the demographic of all the, all the um, committee members were a lot different now. There were a lot less... Um, there was a lot less pushback on ideas to further the further our goal of educating people on Juneteenth and all the culture and traditions that surround it. And so that's something that I recently uh, dealt with when it came to um, being interested in something until I got involved. All right, so let's move over to the overdoer procrastinator and let's talk about some strategies for the overdoer procrastinator. All right, so one of, the, one of the things that I saw here was to um, understand and be able to differentiate between priorities and demands. Um, this is something that a lot of people who have been in project management, who have been in school, who uh, have businesses, who essentially work, essentially everything. So if you go to the store, and your grocery list has stuff on it to make dinner that night, and it has stuff on it to make dinner um, for next week. Of course, the priorities are going to be the stuff that is used for dinner that night, because if you buy stuff for dinner for next week, you're not going to have the stuff you need for dinner that night. That's just one example, but there are plenty of examples out there where priorities and demands um, have a hard time being separated and compartmentalized. Excuse me. 
And that's one of those things that we need to really focus on um, utilizing is understanding the difference between priorities and demands. All right. One other strategy for the overdoer, because we are so motivated um, by other people due to our low self-esteem, we will heavily rely on others for approval. This can take a lot of time to get over, work through, um, analyze. Uh, sometimes it's probably, it might, may take therapy. It may take time talking to your partner. It may take, take, take time for you just to self-talk, understand when you're seeking out other people's approval. I notice it a lot when I go to the gym, when I see somebody working out and every time they do a rep, they stop and look at everybody else to see if everybody else is watching them. That's an indicator that you're looking for somebody else's approval. So think about that every time that you are going into a task. Are you doing this for you, you or your approval? Obviously, if you're at work and you're doing, you, you know, you're working on a big project for the company. Of course, you're going to think about the rest of the team members on your team and their approval on how job, how how well. You contribute to the project as a part of the team, but you need to make sure somewhere in there that you are doing it for yourself and the feeling that you need to get out of doing this because you want to be a good person and a good team member. All right. Talk more about options other than obligations. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, me and my wife will sit down and we'll talk about, man. All we've talked about is work. All we've talked about is, you know, building our businesses, building our practices. Uh, for a while there, it was all about schoolwork and building our businesses and building our practices. And we realized, you know, we weren't really talking about, you know, date nights or the animals or our family members or conversations that we had about family or church members or anything else that was outside of obligations. So think about that. Oh, one second. Something fell on the floor. Think about that every time that we are trying to do something or talking about something that is an obligation. Are we talking about obligations too often? Are we focusing on obligations too much? Or are there other things that we could be focusing on outside of obligations? Um, one more strategy that I think works for every type of procrastination type that I want to talk about really fast is enlist help whenever possible and appropriate. This could be a therapist, this could be an accountability partner. Um, my next episode I'm talking about um, going to the gym and having a, an accountability partner for those weeks where I don't feel like doing a lot. That has changed over the last year, and I love going to the gym, so it's not something that I need anymore, but I used to thrive on having an accountability partner for the gym. This may not be the case uh, for everybody out there, but I will promise you that enlisting help from others whenever possible can only do positive. It is not going to harm you at all. Unless you go to somebody who is in it for the wrong reasons, let's say, God forbid, a therapist who doesn't have a license or something, that makes sense. But for the most part, if you're reaching out for help through the appropriate channels, through the appropriate friends or family that you have that you can trust and rely on, it's going to benefit you. So that wraps up for the strategies in procrastination types uh, for those 
uh, the strategies for those procrastination types that we talked about. And my next episodes, we'll be talking about gym strategies in ADHD and grocery store strategies in ADHD and what kind of things we can run into or fall into at the store and what kind of things we can struggle with at the gym, specifically what I struggle with at the gym and the, the tips and tricks and tools that I use consistently now to make sure that I have all of my stuff where it should be, how it should be, and I mean, just how, how, how well that works out for me. So I hope you guys all have a blessed and positive day. And I'm sorry that this episode took so long to come out. I was finishing up all my finals for school and I was sick for a couple of days. And so I was just, everything kind of got pushed back. And so maybe in the future, I will just say to be determined because I don't know um, what will exactly be, you know, going on for that week. So it's all kind of fluid. I will say you guys can check out my office. I have just um, updated it and added a new color to for an accent wall here and some new paintings that are somewhat muted to help me focus more. Um, I've added more plants to my area because that makes me feel in sync with everything. And that is something else I will also be talking about um, three or four episodes from now is office space uh, strategies and kind of like what to look for when designing office space for someone who has ADHD. So I hope you guys all have a blessed and wonderful day and I will talk to you soon. Bye.